You're here. It's so good to have you. What's going on? You're here again, or maybe for the first time. This is the First Rule Film Club podcast, where it's me, Carson. What's up again? Or for the first time, I'm Carson. And uh, we are, you know, we're just doing a podcast about movies, man. We've done a bunch of episodes. Go check them out. They're 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 there. They're available for you. Uh, but you know, this is our second annual one of these. We're doing our our favorite films of the year. Twenty twenty one was a year with movies that got pushed from twenty twenty. Thank you, pandemic. Uh, so we actually had like quite a few to pick from this year. There was like movies all the time, seemingly. Some of them were in the theaters. Some of them were straight to streamers. It it didn't matter. There was a bunch of good stuff. And my buddy JT and I got together and we came up with our favorites of the year to do another podcast of what what wound up being about 20 films uh, to make our little first rule of film club top 20 of the year. So it it was a really awesome chat. I think that we both had some really fun and, and unique films on this on our list here. So I uh, hope you'll check it out. We don't really spoil anything. So if you haven't seen some of these, I, I'm, I think you're in the clear. But uh, we're just going to be kind of recommending, recommending and reminiscing uh, over some of the movies that we love this year. So, yeah, check it out and, and let me know what you think. You know, like, did we miss anything huge? I, I, I don't want to spoil what is on the list or what isn't on the list, but maybe yours is different. I don't know. Uh, either way, check it out. We're, we're talking about the best movies of the year. So here's JT and I doing just that. Enjoy. Welly, 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 well. I'm quoting, Finally. I'm quoting your shirt, your Clockwork Orange shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> welly, 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 well. Well, hello, Carson. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Is this two years in a row now that we're doing this? <coughs> that would that would track. I, I think we to... I think we did our favorites of 2020. We definitely did this last year, and I was you know time is now irrelevant. So I was trying to think. I was like, did we do it three years? In a row? Wait a minute, 2020. I guess probably not, unless we just shared it over text or something. Well, because we we weren't doing this in 2019, so we I mean... sure weren't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it is. We are coming up on our two year anniversary of the pandemic, so who knows? Well, look at this. It's also our two. Uh, it's our second annual year roundup of best things or or favorite things. Our that's, favorite things. That's the more uh, you know positive way to put it. I think. Less, yeah, and. And lucky for us, <laughs> lucky for us is probably twice as many movies came out last year than in 2020. So our, our top 10 last year was uh, was obviously fun to do, but mm -hmm. I think we have a, a wider swath of things to choose from here yes. than we, uh, you know, than the with, year with all Nomadland the one right. best picture. <laughs> <laughs> and all the holdovers of things that got pushed to 2021 that probably some of them probably would have been on my list in 2020 because oh absolutely are on this one spoiler alert oh yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what there might be a couple on my list that i have been looking forward to for over a year that finally we got to get our eyes on um and we each got 10 to talk about yeah man and this you know there's we're we're kind of, I, I don't want to say we're late to the game but i feel like a lot of people do these like right at the top of the year but there were just so many damn things to see i wanted to like i wanted to see a couple more 
before I just definitively tried to pick my top 10. And so I'm, I'm glad we waited till like towards the end of January to really solidify this thing. Yeah. And you know what? It kind of drives me crazy when I see these best of the year lists come out the first week of December. And I'm like, my guys, there's uh, stuff coming out on Christmas there's stuff Day. That, stuff comes out on Christmas Day. Nas dropped a surprise album on Christmas Eve. Anything which is can my, happen. Which is my favorite album in like 10 years. Look at that. So I'm like, no love for Nas because everyone took two weeks off for Christmas and no and no and then come back and we're like that album's two weeks old. So everyone's just kind of like forgotten or think <laughs> or didn't I'm, even I'm know. like, can you tell I'm really fired up about Nas hey. not getting enough attention? Dude. But that, I'm, you know, real quick sidebar, that guy's been getting under, undersold. For Underrated. Long, there you go. Been, for a long time. Absolutely. He is due. He is the king of hip hop currently wearing the crown. I'll say it. But JT throwing it down. Enough about Nas. Yeah. But I mean, we're, so we're, we're going to dip in. We're going to, we're going to get our favorite films of 2021. Or we should also say that not, like you were getting to sorry alluding mm-hmm. to before i went on that hip-hop tangent it's all good. <laughs> uh, uh you know a lot of these movies aren't even out in theaters yet yeah. that are on a lot of these year-end top 10 lists that you know people are putting out in mid-december saying like just wait two months till you see this movie and everyone's just kind of like twiddling their thumbs and it's like it, well it, why can't i watch it right now <laughs> yeah and uh, and these movies are picking up best you know Best acting awards, mm-hmm. best screenplay awards being nominated across, especially a lot of the foreign films that, uh, you know, get screened at, you know, Venice or Cannes or Sundance as some mm-hmm. as early as the beginning of the year. And they're still not available to see in the States for whatever marketing reason or yeah. distribution deal they have. But luckily there is the internet so we have gotten a chance to see a couple of things we probably shouldn't be allowed to see yet (laughs) but uh you know and maybe one or two of those come up in our list hey maybe so it's a good thing we did wait yeah i think this is cool too because last year everything that would have been on our list were all things we would have seen at home because the first thing i saw in a movie theater was in 2021 with a new movie so you know it's kind of, totally. it's cool that these these include things that we got to see back in the theater. It's been fucking great to be back in the theater. Absolutely. And I think maybe if we have time at the end of the Zoom, we should uh, touch on maybe one or two of the movie going experiences of the year that we had uh, that maybe didn't make our top 10 list necessarily. But uh, we can definitely we, do we can say like the this is not a top 10 movie, but goddamn if this wasn't a top three moment kind of well if if we want to just jump right in i can kind of hit you with with one of those already in my i I would love it why don't you go first this time i think that's going to work out i would love i would love to jt okay i would love to go first i'll steer the ship baby just just if for nothing else uh you know this this film would not have wound up on my list any other way than the way it happened to me which is that it was the the film that broke the seal that got that got me back in the movie theater after you know a year plus of not being able to go and so my number 10 is the first thing that i saw in a theater this year and it was awesome and it's godzilla vs kong wow wow (laughs) what a curveball right out the gate right out the gate you have to understand where i was at this time right just like i'm sure you were and many people were it was like there there was just finally 
a window that had opened where it was like you can go back to the movies if you want and not everybody did but like i i you know i was just i was so ready to go i had my I think I maybe had my first vax shot. I don't even know. I don't remember the timing exactly, but I was like, we're going to go see Kong versus Godzilla. And I, I remember being in the theater watching this movie and I got emotional when they were fighting because I was just like, man, these are two of the biggest movie stars of all time. If you really shake it down. Sure. And at least and, the most recognizable. Yeah, seriously. You know, they're, they're right up there with like any of the slasher characters that have had a bunch of movies about them you know totally. like jason or michael i've definitely had arguments with people about the uh the horror mount rushmore and who belongs on it and someone always brings up either jaws or godzilla or king kong and you're like okay all right but mm-hmm. i see why but i disagree <laughs> but but still it's yeah. but you to your point that is a valid argument that always comes up yeah these are icons and this this one, you know, it is the fourth one technically in this like new monster verse thing with two Godzilla movies and Kong Skull Island. And they're they're all, you know, they all have their moments, those those films. They're not that good, really, but you know, they're they're kind of cool. It's been it's been fun to see how they've reinvented putting these giant monsters on screen. And so I just totally took the bait and was so stoked to be back in the theater. And I like teared up a little bit watching them, but I'm like thank you both for bringing me back to the movies in like such a big badass loud way. And it just has stuck with me all year is like, and it probably will stick with me forever where it's like, yeah, after the pandemic, the first thing I went and saw was the marquee fight of the century. So yeah, number 10 Godzilla vs Kong. I don't care. I'm that's my number 10. Well, uh, I love it. Number thank one. You. Thank you. Uh, here's the thing. Kong skull Island. Uh, I think finished in my uh, I think it's number in my 30s or something of that year I love unapologetically love Kong Skull Island dude it's great and then then Godzilla the follow-up in that universe Mm -hmm. that they're making uh very disappointing yeah and I just think Godzilla is a wholly boring of course character yes just like all powerful and destructive and we don't need to get into the history of of the mythos of like post-nuclear Japan of course you know (laughs) yeah but uh but this one uh, i've tried three times to get through and i and i just for whatever reason put it on too late or whatever but i need to catch up with it and i'm just so stoked you put it on there because it's so rad man i'm a nut for kong it's it's such a stupid movie honestly there's things that happen where i'm like okay yeah sure he has a magic bone or or whatever that kills somebody and kyle chandler's in like the first five minutes or 10 minutes yep and his his uh his lines are just so horrendous you're just like my <laughs> god i hope this my my guy he's selling it but i really hope he got a paycheck for this because yikes. yeah um, uh, so know, yeah fan service well how are you gonna how are you gonna kick this off well i'm looking at my lists and there a theme emerges immediately but i i think it corrects itself in a big way uh, very soon after so i don't want the people to think it's going to be dark the whole time okay just right out the gate all right <laughs> and then and then i'm looking it's like things it's, it's a very positive year uh number 10 is the green knight oh hell yeah and this is david lowry's uh kind of mythical uh adventure epic fantasy film uh based on a 
old um, Arthurian legends and a short story uh, that I'm I'm blanking on the name. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure it's the Green Knight, Sir Ga- yeah. Sir Gawain and the yeah, Green Knight. So, yeah, exactly. It's something along those lines. Uh, anyway, Lowry, his films very methodically paced. Uh, some might call them boring. Maybe people that aren't ready to sit down and watch a David Lowry film would call them boring. <laughs> people that are typically love his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is more uh, along the lines of a ghost story than it is uh, Old Man with the Gun or Pete's Dragon. It's very slowly paced, but uh, Dev Patel and uh, even, uh, oh gosh, Alicia Vikander. Your, your uh, boy Joel Barry. Edgerton, your boy Barry. My boy Barry Kogan, uh, creepiest performance of the year and i think he's i think he's got that like four or five years running so that dude has carved out a nice little niche for himself oh yeah and uh, it's only and, about to get bigger in march no spoilers here but he, he oh might, yeah of he course might be, he might be in a big old movie doing a big old thing yeah a batman right a batman yeah <laughs> uh so anyway green knight uh there's not much to say about it really that has an art i think we've even covered it on this we have we we, yeah. we did a whole thing about the green knight so yeah. People could revisit that if they want to get deep on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you've got patience and uh, like some old, creepy, weird, beautiful cinematography, camera work Mm -hmm. uh, and acting across the board, you know, give it a shot. But it's not Game of Thrones. No. Although there's giants and some wild shit going on. It's uh, the trailer almost makes it look like it might be like Game of Thrones, like a bit more yeah swashbuckling some shit happening but yeah it's got a very meditative core this is also one of those ones that got pushed back forever because of the right and so i had been anticipating it forever and the trailer did did make it look like holy shit lowry's going medieval on their ass and after he did it his way right yeah but then after you see it uh the first time and realize what he's did the second viewing is so much more rewarding Mm. and it's a christmas movie Shout out to Christmas movies. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Green Knight, my number ten. I love that. Um, my, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna stick with my list. I was gonna maybe throw in an audible, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with what I got here, which is, uh, my number nine is uh, Wes Anderson's film that got pushed back a little bit, The French Dispatch. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> did you finally watch that? We saw it together, did we not? Did we? No, I, I, cause I fell asleep for a little bit of it and I don't okay. think you were there for that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but real quick. But I did too, buddy. <laughs> oh, there you go. So here's the thing. It's on my list. Right. And uh-huh. I did, I did fall asleep for a little bit of it on my first viewing, but that doesn't change the fact that ever since I've seen it, I keep like coming around to references from it where I'll like think of a moment from it and chuckle, or I even, I threw it on again now that it's available uh thanks to you i got it from you <laughs> oh, nice uh but i just like you know i'm i'm a lifetime cult member of the wes anderson empirical picture you could say you stand for wes it's fine. oh big time and yeah. you know i'm i'm really curious about what he's cooking up at the moment because it's like he popped this thing out he's already got a movie coming out in 2022 just announced another movie that he's starting with benedict so I, i'm digging this like high volume wes anderson uh output that's like beginning with this film uh but it was just such a cool like unexpected 
I, I did not know going into it that it was an anthology film. I thought it was mm-hmm. just like a big ensemble that all like worked at the French Dispatch. And I was wrong and pleasantly surprised by his like Ballad of Bus- Buster Scruggs anthology of people and, and how they all uh, get to live in their own little vignette, right? It mm-hmm. was, I just enjoy, I'm like, you brought a magazine to life. Each yeah. one by one with the articles and honoring the people who wrote them. Uh, and Jeffrey Wright, I think, uh, should be in the Best Supporting Actor conversation for this. Uh, but he he's kind of fallen out. It's, you know, now that they've been nominated and stuff, he hasn't really been getting named. But I thought he did a great job. In it. And I, I just think he I is just, the highlight of the movie for sure. He is, man. Him, Adrian Brody, Tilda Swinton. Those are the, the highlights for me. Leah Sadu. Oh, well, yeah, she's great, too. She <laughs> uh, is great. Yeah. But so uh, if you're a Wes Anderson freak like me and you still, for some reason, haven't seen it, just know that French Dispatch will not hurt you. You'll probably enjoy it. And especially uh, if you've seen a handful of French New Wave movies, you'll you'll get some of the fun references that Wes has folded in there. Uh, I've got it at number 32. Right oh, wow. Now. OK. Yeah. Uh, and- <laughs> It's because I saw it the one time in the theater. And um, I think that, I mean, the screenplay must be 200 pages long. No no one shuts up that entire movie. (laughs) Uh Uh, And it's so rapid fire and the visual gags or visual, you know, quirkiness of a West Side. It it seems so not cluttered is not the right word, but it just seems like there's too much to look at on your on one viewing yeah. which is a great thing to be rewarded over and over upon subsequent yeah. viewings and you catch jokes but you're trying to process what they're saying so and it's just rapid fire dialogue mm-hmm. and trying to process all the jokes on screen and follow the story it's it was just a little too much for me on you totally know, opening night excitement what mm-hmm. are we about to get into it's just a and you know the anticipation too. So I, I need yeah, to watch it. Yeah, because it was it was pushed back, and so it was kind of like, oh, we'll have to wait. And then it finally shows up, and it does. It you know that is exactly what happened to me. It was like so far from what I expected, and mm-hmm. I had been expecting a certain thing for about a year. So it just took a little bit of adjustment. But now I I think that it's going to reward uh, repeat viewings uh, like big time. There's nice. there's just so much hidden, like in plain sight in the frame mm-hmm. that is fun to look at anyway yeah number nine French Sweet. dispatch awesome dude um my number nine is pig hell yeah starring nicholas cage um going you know uh silent near near silent uh character study I mean, he hasn't really done work like this since maybe leaving Las Vegas. He's been just rage cage, just whiling on mm-hmm. straight to video or in almost like straight uh, to Alamo Draft House. <laughs> yeah, or or you know the what is it, Wally's Wonderland, or just these like insane uh, color out of space, which is actually really good. The mm. HP Lovecraft one that he did a, a few years back is uh, is actually a really good film. Cool. But, uh, you know, this is his most like stoic and quiet and not over the top um, emotive, I guess. And it just when he does this kind of acting, it's hard not it's 
it's hard to argue that he's not one of the greats. Yeah. I mean, he's just known for getting that paycheck and buying dinosaur eggs and wildin'. Right. Know? He's he's Where always and, down to say yes if you're paying. <laughs> yeah. And, is what uh, it seems like. And and that's why it's like sometimes you wind up with a lot of misses that way, but then along the way, the guy's just got treasure. Well, he's got a new movie coming out where <laughs> that looks he, amazing. That looks amazing. He's playing himself and really just making fun of himself, or at least mm-hmm. being in on the joke. Totally. Uh, which is great. It's great to think that he's that kind of dude. Yes. That maybe this is all an act. But uh that would be amazing. He's just oh, like, man. I'm a really private person, and I'd rather just make everyone think I'm fucking out to lunch. A wacky fella. But in actuality, super boring. Just mm-hmm. like, but uh regardless, uh yeah, it's return to form for Cage. And uh there's like a little weird kind of like fight club element in it. Yeah, right. That you're just kind of like, I don't really understand where this is going. Otherwise, this might be a top five for me, other than that weird little added, what are we doing here? But there are a couple scenes, like when he... Uh, just some world building, you know? When he, little... conf- when he confronts the person that took his pig, mm-hmm. and when he goes and talks to the old chef, or, uh, you know, uh, basically challenges his entire life great scene uh, great scene one of the best that, scenes of the year I, yeah i was about to say top five of the year easily mm-hmm. if i had to i was doing my top five list the other night and this is this is really hard not to include so yeah right anyway pig my number nine excellent choice sir uh what you got for number eight my number eight is the uh the most recent watch for me on this list and we just watched it together Celine Sciamma's Petite Maman. Oh. <laughs> I know, right? I I uh that's, that's another good. one that I had been looking forward to for months and months and months it felt like and was just like <clears throat> an interested person that wanted to see this movie and there was like internet radio silence of when the hell can I as a person in the United States watch this movie and it just I couldn't find the answer. I I was like I don't I don't know when this movie's coming out. I don't know if anyone want, even cares to tell me. It's like my best bet, it seems like, is to fly to France or something and go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, it like, as such a huge portrait of a lady on fire, Stan, mm-hmm. just like. I had a feeling this might have crept in here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 still towards the bottom of the list a little bit. but Recency bias. Yeah, exactly. It, But it's like. When a when a, when the filmmaker that I admire can go ahead and make a something that's an hour and fifteen minutes long, and just like it's just got a little bow on it, it's just a perfect little morsel of cinema. Like here you go, this is what I wanted to make, and you can you're more than welcome to have some. And I I just think it's such a sweet and tender and precious way to examine what it's examining and i and sadly i don't want to get even too into the details of what no it's like no about because a, it's so short that it's, it's like so short spoiler, that, spoiler to your, your yeah it's like the, the second you hear what the film is about you're already like 40 minutes into it now there's only yeah. 20 minutes of the movie left so <laughs> just know that it's about a little girl and uh and it's it's got like a really nice kind of like fable quality yes to it's, it. it's fairy tale yeah so I, I just was so glad that I got to see it like right, right at the finish line. You know, it was like mm-hmm. I got to see it right before coming up with the list of my favorites of the year. And I was so pleased 
to get to put it on there because I was hoping that I was going to like it. And I really, really, really did. And uh, I just, everyone should check it out. I, I am so compelled by your argument uh, that, that uh, yeah, I'm, I had that at 33 right behind French dispatch uh-huh. and you reminded me, were you reminding me of the running time and the story and the fairy tale aspect and the performances yeah everything. i think i i think uh, it's it's gonna crack my top 20 i think it's i'm putting i'm sliding it in there at, i'm splitting the difference it's going in at uh 17 look at that I'm just editing. boosted the, we... boosted the stock of the film as we speak but yeah, also a... like just i'm so excited to see every movie this this woman makes yeah uh, from here on out and so like I only discovered her really as a fan with her previous film. So like getting to go back and see like Tomboy and she's got a movie called Girlhood and mm-hmm. like, she's just fucking dope. And I just want Celine Skiama to have the world. So I'm, I'm putting yeah. her, putting her name in my mouth as often as I can. I love it. I love it. Thanks, man. Hit me. What do you got next? Great. I'm going to rewatch that. That was, that's great. Um, number eight is the one entry on my list that doesn't deserve to be there, but <laughs> I just damn, if it didn't exceed every, it is by far the biggest gap in expectation to uh, delivering. Pro- uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, Shang-Chi and oh, the Legend yeah. of the Ten Rings. Talk Good about man. talk about traveling to a theater to hate watch something <laughs> where I was at my peak. I'm done with I'm oversaturated with Marvel. I hate that no good movies are coming out because they're all getting pushed back. I was just bitter <laughs> and just pissed off. And I had seen everything else at the theater. It yeah. was like right when we were going back to the movies. And I was like, just seeing everything I could. And uh, it was literally the last thing. And I was bored out of my mind one day. And I was like, okay, fine. It's I'll got, do it. It's got decent reviews. I need to get out of the house. I'll go see Sean Chief, whatever. <laughs> and I go in being like, oh, this trailer was so bad. The trailer was so bad. And I was just like, oh, man. I, I anyway, was ready to hate this. Mm-hmm. And just from start to finish, every turn, I was like, okay, here's where the wheels fall off and be like, nope, love it. All yeah. in. Even from the action scene set in a uh, sequence set in uh, San Francisco, which is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the bus. Great use of San Francisco, too, honestly. Great. Like, great really leaned uni. into what that place has. Landmarks. Yeah. It was great. Great. Uh, that that right away hooked me. There's a sequence on the side of a building, like where there's like bamboo yeah, the bamboo scaffolding scaf- or whatever. Yeah, it's just incredible. Such a cool um, fight scene. And then even the bus fight is also the, well, the bus fight in San Francisco, nuts. amazing. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, even the dancing that the two lovers, uh, the you know the adults. Mm-hmm. Tony Leung's character and yeah, Michelle Yeoh, right? Wasn't it so nice to see Tony Leung in like a big, big bad American movie? Like, just like I'm over here now. 
I'm, yeah. I'm like, you can all go ahead and be my a fan of mine and watch all of my movies. Uh-huh. And I I was uh I loved Aquafina in it. I yeah. thought I the trailer made it seem like it was gonna be like the most annoying character ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh man, this is gonna be tough. She nailed it. Every everything, even the it's- little like uh obvious oh, that little no face cute ass little little cute monster thing <laughs> where like that started to happen i was like oh here we go here comes marvel's i'm gonna sell a bunch of these at christmas tie-in bullshit and <laughs> still minutes later, it. i was like don't care i love it Very also cute. one of the and, ca- cameo of the year candidate for ben kingsley yes and then kingsley oh i just loved it loved 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 it so yeah shan chi legend of the ten rings everyone saw it and if you didn't, because you it's were on Disney, cynical so. like me, and was just like, fuck Marvel. Nah. Shanchi, legit. It really don't is- have to know. It yeah. just stands on its own, too. Yep. Even if they don't make a sequel, or well, they will. They obviously. will. Yeah. And but- he's he's gonna be a big like Avenger, I think. Oh, yeah. Just, he's- it's gonna be so fun because it's gonna be like him and Tom Holland Spider-Man and Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight and yeah. like Oh, oh, he's these... gonna drink the Kool-Aid on that. For oh sure. yeah, baby. It's gonna but, be uh, a fun group. Yeah. So... Herschela is blade. Forget about it. Yeah, so uh there will be no more Marvel talk from me on okay. this. Yeah, but uh but Shang-Chi, thanks for at least giving me hope that if these movies are gonna keep you know dropping every month, at least some of them are gonna be pretty damn good. So yeah. So anyway, um you're number seven. I, I'm 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 on number seven, but I'm looking at both my number seven and six, mm-hmm. and and they are both the Green Knight and Pig. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> no no no. It's fine. Since 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 we've already touched on them, and I, I I'm so I glad. Have. Well, yeah, but I, it's it's come up right. Um, love the Green Knight. We talked about it. Did a whole other pod about it. Can't say enough about Pig. If if I was in charge, I would. I'd probably still vote for Nicolas Cage for performance of the year, best actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to pull an audible real quick. Okay. And, and just, we've, we've gotten to talk about those movies. So I'm just going to throw in my favorite animated movie of the year that was not going to be right here, but here we go. It was released on uh, Netflix and it is the Mitchells versus the machines oh man this is one i'm i'm blind spotting right now that's Damn. okay so you haven't seen it i want to really bad i fantastic really do fantastic news so it's just like it's it's a great obvious like just in the animation film genre it's like really pushing boundaries it's got it's got a lot uh in common with that spider-man into the spider-verse movie where it's just that film, the Spider-Man movie, really kind of feels like a comic book, like really come into life. And this one really feels like you it's it's uh, a girl and her family, right? And she's kind of like different from her family. And they're like a very strong unit, but she's like trying to gain her independence and stuff. And then the world is taken over by robots and everyone is pretty much dead. So it's got like a zombie land vibe a little bit with the Incredibles but they're like the anti-incredibles because they have no superpowers. They're actually like uh, excruciatingly normal, mm-hmm. quote unquote. <laughs> uh, but it's like great voice acting with Danny McBride and Maya Rudolph. And, but I was going to say, it feels like this, the, the girl, the main character, she like 
It seems like it, everything that she would draw in her little journal is like, wow, uh, splashed onto the screen. Oh, so it like comes alive. Yeah, big time. And it's so it's it just has a, like this wonderfully like uh, youthful, rebellious quality to it. But it's like it's very funny. And uh, it's produced by uh, Lord and Miller, those guys who made oh, they're the great. Oh, yeah. Lego that's, movie. Yeah. The, and yeah, the 21 yeah, yeah. Jump Street and stuff. So like it's not directed by them or or even written but by their them, production think, but, house. They, but it's there. They produced it. Yeah. So uh, it it should be in the conversation for best animated film of the year. I hope I it's think it is good. Good. Yeah. Because it's flipping great and uh, i mean they unless they do the flea thing where they're gonna uh, well yeah i mean it's probably not gonna win and whatever but it's it's just so fun and so i'm i'm glad that i'm pulling this audible and talking about it a little bit because it has it has been on my list all year as one of my favorites of the year and i wasn't gonna mention it but here we go there it is so that's that's filling in for number seven and my number six is pig so why don't you go ahead and just say your next my number seven okay number seven and six all right. Well, my number seven is uh, the, my only documentary on the list. All right. And uh, there were some great documentaries this year. I don't I'm not going to uh, name them all just in case uh, you have some on your list. Okay. But the one that I've I keep going back to just because it's so damn fun is the Sparks Brothers by Edgar Wright. The cool. uh Doc, or yeah it's a documentary about these these brothers this band uh sparks uh that were tr- popular kind mm-hmm. of not here though like overseas they're from la uh-huh and they have put out 30 albums 25 30 albums Whoa. almost an album a year uh and and then a break you know in between a couple but mm-hmm. uh just very inventive weird crazy kind of just just super unique and influential uh music and they're funny they're just weird and they just <laughs> only worked together for their entire lives their entire careers never really got married or had kids or anything they one of them did the ladies man thing in the 70s 80s and his brother was kind of the one that did all the the writing the music and mm-hmm. they uh just performed in Europe and were huge over there but just kept doing music and then this year they got the documentary made up about them and they also wrote and did the music for Annette that's right that's right did you ever and wind up watching that i got about an hour into it and then was like distracted and then when i looked back i'm like i have no idea what the hell is happening okay uh but i got to basically the part where annette the marion marionette daughter uh uh, is kind of i I really don't know i haven't seen it oh so they have a child and it's played by yeah it's played by a marionette fuck yeah (laughs) yeah it's a full-on musical where like adam driver and they're like full-on like singing sex oh, and oh singing and there's wild nudity and the songs are super weird and <laughs> abstract and all that. you would love it i really i can't wait i i don't know why i put it off this long it's on prime because of the running time it's yeah probably uh, uh what is it two TFH. and a half hours oh three fucking hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. TFH. um but uh it it is 
it's something I'm going to have to finally get through because it's on a ton of top 10 lists. But and anyway, I mean, the Adam Brothers, Driver was getting love for it, yeah. But Edgar Wright uses fun little uh, editing techniques and voiceover and talking heads from a million respected artists talking about this about like brothers. how how well they hate that name it's just oh forgive me sparks talking about sparks got it and how they're like the most influential band and how they're the greatest band and they just would drink coffee at the farmer's market every week or every morning and then go work on music and they never really achieved that mainstream thing but now they're getting more, oscar attention love, and, yeah yeah but yeah, Sparks Brothers, super fun. Edgar Wright, he goes through album. Did it make? Cro- did it? Did it make you want to go like listen to? Oh, a- I did. Oh, cool. I was. I listened to Sparks the other day. Great. Just just threw it on. It was like, hit shuffled because they have a lot of music, hundreds and hundreds of songs. Cool. Yeah. So that one's available too, right? That's like it's on Netflix. There you go. Yeah, I gotta, yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah, it's super. fun, But I've watched it like five times. Damn. All right. Just, it's fun to just because he goes album to album. Mm. So at any point, you could just like be want walk into the room and be like, oh, they're oh. playing songs from that album. Got it. And then you go to the next thing. And so you're just listening to their music for two mm. hours. It's great. Right on. Uh, so your number six was Pig. And you yeah. want me to go to my number yeah, six? Yeah, go, go on. I, I'm afraid to do this. Why? You think it's also higher up on my list? <laughs> I think it's going to be higher up on your list. Oh, okay. So why don't you do your number five? You think? Why don't you do your number five? Yes. Okay. If that's what you're feeling, I could do it because this one's probably on your list too. This is where it's going to get. Well, good. This is payback. This is okay. Great. Well, uh, this is another one that you and I saw in a movie theater. Okay. In Westwood. Okay. Because it's Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. And your number five. Okay. It's my number five. And uh, it's another one, man. I was just, who who isn't down when Paul Thomas Anderson puts out a trailer and is, lets everyone know, hey, I have a movie coming out. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, and clearly this has proven, at least in LA, to be the case because it was only really in like one theater for month, for like two months before it's Christmas Day release in a wide capacity. Yeah. And like, Everyone I talked to was like, yeah, I went to Westwood. I saw the movie and I went to the little pinball thing next door and it was awesome. And like, it's just so cool. I it was a very L.A. thing to do. It was and an L.A. event get, for the like holiday seasons. And yeah, you could but, get tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like a huge, the biggest screen. Mm-hmm. In 70 LA. millimeter product present presentation and uh yeah i mean like and a pop-up next door free yeah man what, what the hell i got a i got a free bumper sticker that said something yeah but i mean <laughs> they they did it four showing three or four showings a day and after that first week a lot of people had seen it some people saw it twice and yeah. then after that it was like all right cool we're just going to show it here for the next three weeks before everyone in the country can see it so yep. take your time and exactly. spread out like it was great because you can go and feel safe and it wasn't like the, you know, they, of course everyone had to be vaccinated and everything, uh-huh, uh-huh. but it was a very, like you said, an, an LA thing to do where everyone you, that you respected their taste in movies. Totally. It's like, Oh, I went two days in a row. It was amazing. Yeah, man. And you know, I, I'm not the first to say this, but like what a discovery of, of talent acting talent to 
have Alana Heim and Cooper Hoffman both up there carrying a movie and killing it. Bradley Cooper, another one of the candidates for cameo of the year. <laughs> like, and he he got nominated for a SAG award for his performance. So it's like clearly people are down with his very short uh presence in the film as what is his name? John Peters? Uh yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like it had a little bit of that once upon a time in Hollywood quality of just kind of like we're we're really just here to absorb the world and the time of like 1970, whatever, San Fernando Valley. Uh, so I just, you know, I, it, it felt like a, the gateway drug that you could show to like a, a maybe a middle schooler and then mm-hmm. be like, oh, if you like this, just wait till you can watch Boogie Nights. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, even though I think Licorice Pizza is rated R, it's like the the tamer version than the the boogie nights one and it's like they feel very and shorter and shorter yeah uh but yeah so i it's like and for me too like i was not as hard as everybody else was for phantom thread uh Mm -hmm. which is you know i i'm eager to rewatch it to hopefully realize that i was very wrong and i i can go ahead and love that movie but yeah it was really nice for me to be like ah pta you made something just like so up my alley thanks man whimsical and like yeah there's a little bit of music's great oh the needle drops uh, the best the best use of music in the of the year totally is uh the paul mccartney let me roll it oh (laughs) so great maybe the best use of music in ptas Ooh, that's tough Mm, it's definitely just like a, a solid display of hey i know yeah. dope music and i'll yeah. put it in my movie for you so yeah well that's my number pick. five pick man great it's okay pick. it's okay if it's on your list too it's okay well my number six i have a feeling is going to be on your list and we watched it together okay recently mm-hmm. and it is the um front runner i would say for best foreign film mm-hmm. if not uh a long shot for best, best picture. picture and that is uh hamaguchi's drive my car hell yeah and just um some of the best writing i mean the screenplay i think is a shoe in um and just some of the long take acting exercises that some of these performers uh are not only given but uh knocking out of the park like yeah. you, you you come for the kind of mm, i don't i don't know if the story is much of a draw it actually i almost think like the runtime is the like i dare you to watch this movie <laughs> yeah because it's as, a three-hour movie you know that mo- a lot of it is in the car yeah and it's just a lot of two people having a conversation yep. that would a conversation that would end five minutes after it starts in most movies and that's the most mm-hmm. and these conversations go on for like 20 minutes sometimes yep. i mean the opening title sequence is 40 minutes into the movie yeah you're 40 <laughs> minutes in you're like oh shit uh okay nice little epilogue there yeah um but it weirdly just kind of just in enwraps you you are along for the ride at no point during those 20 minute conversations do you sit there and be like boy this sure is going on for a long time you're hanging on every word mm-hmm. um the one i'm thinking of uh specifically is the his w- ex-wife's 
uh 2t i guess in the car that oh uh, like her may character not, that is that what you're may, talking about no that she may or may not have had a, a fair right, right 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 and he starts asking him oh she never told you the rest of that story, story. yeah great huh. great scene well i'll tell you what she told me the rest of that story yeah and it's so intense and his eyes are welling up mm-hmm. and he can't tell if it's out of anger or sadness or both and it's just re- oh man it gives me chills well, we're not, we're not going to spoil it right here because it's just too long a movie to spoil for somebody well, right. but knowing after knowing the end of the movie that he's giving all that with those welled up to i'm i feel like i'm gonna trip over yeah, myself well, and give something away i just really i like in hindsight that scene is so much more powerful yeah and the dinner scene uh that's my friend will it's his scene of the year oh right um, right 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 where it goes to the um you know his right hand man be like yeah you know i it's my wife that's why yep. that's, that's why she's in the play that's why she's in the play <laughs> that's cool i didn't want to tell you <laughs> yeah. but that whole scene that's another one where it's like buckle in you're here for the whole dinner yeah there's like <laughs> an episode of television so go ahead just this dinner yeah and it's but, great dude that it's like one of the fastest three-hour movies i've ever watched uh, absolutely like i said it holds it your... feels like a two-hour movie but there's a mm-hmm. whole hour that happens to you in a time warp yeah and it's all dial- it's all yakking it's, no char- it's just it's just characters talking <laughs> there's no yeah it's it's yeah it's people living life and that's a hard sell but you have to just as soon as you press play you're just almost instantly rewarded it's yeah fantastic i couldn't agree more i'm so glad that you mentioned it um, well, I should probably do my number five then also, because I know it. it's one that we have both seen, but I think I might be higher on it than you hit it. So if that's the case, then I think this is a good, uh, good chance. It's not on your list. That's Coda. Oh, on, on, uh, Apple plus yes, stands for children of deaf adults. Uh, say, Pretty formulary, formulaic, uh, coming of age, uh, tearjerker. Yes, and boy, oh boy, knocked it out of the park. So it, good, <laughs> I cried like a goddamn baby, <laughs> like a baby. Um, yep. it was, uh, and it's like you know it's coming, right? You know exactly like, what's coming. You know, oh yeah, oh, and but here's the thing: is as soon as one scene happens you're like wow that was the apex cry moment for me they're like no 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 no, wait, wait there's there's still 20 more minutes in this movie bro <laughs> we we got we you have, for at least we two have more. two more we have two <laughs> more coming you thought yeah. that was bad wait for this <laughs> and the thing is is it's all happy tears it's exactly not, yes it's, it's inspiring it's so it is a feel-good tearjerker that uh yeah sometimes you need a good cry and i used up all my tears me too <laughs> just bitter and angry the rest of the year you know what's Coda... funny that that film and mitchell's versus the machines have a very similar energy about just like kind of being different in your in your family and your family is kind of quote unquote different mm-hmm. and uh they like it's just they they kind of it would almost make for a nice double feature to be 
to be honest. Like nice. Those yeah. two families are are great cinematic families to put it's on. It's odd. It's odd because a lot of people I've told to watch this movie have the same thing with that I did, where they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I've I see that all the time in my Apple TV queue or whatever. It wants right? me, it clearly wants me to watch it. <laughs> and I and I never get around to pressing play just because I don't feel like I'll be in the mood for it, whatever. And mm-hmm. the it everyone seems to have that weird thing with this movie and when they, they finally do get around it. to when they finally get around to it, it's like why have i not been telling everyone to see this i should have been crying like this month ago <laughs> yeah because it came out in like august yeah a while ago. it's like been around and yeah but i mean like I, I marley matlin like is really the, marley matlin's the only star of real like yeah no. like name talent in the thing and who the hell knows Martin? No offense, you know. Yeah. But I mean, she's right. not in the she's not pop culture lexicon. She's not for, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yeah, uh, tweens aren't on TikTok doing right. Well, that would be awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just doing Children of a Lesser God. On, yeah, on TikTok. Yeah. Um. But uh. Anyway, Coda couldn't recommend it any higher. Well, I guess I could because it's my number five. But yeah, regardless, that's true. Uh, why don't you? Are we all? <laughs> I'm at my I'm at my number four now. Great. What is it? It is uh, it's something that I think most people saw at home, but mm. me being me, I I made a point to go see it in the movie theater, uh, and it was uh one of the three like marquee musicals of the year, and it's uh. You know, it's Lynn Manuel Miranda, Andrew Garfield, Jonathan Larson, tick tick boom. Wow. Did not see that coming. What'd I thought think, it was you think it was in the heights. So real quick, when I saw in the heights in the theater, well, I'll touch on it at the end because it's okay, gonna it, that's gonna be in one of my theatrical experience ones. Please go. Just know that we'll talk about in the heights a little later. Uh tick tick boom was one that I was looking forward to for a couple of reasons. Big, big on Jonathan Larson because like Rent just has a very meaningful place in my heart. Lynn Manuel is someone I've been a fan of for years. Pre Hamilton, I've been on that train. Even if you're sick of him right now, it doesn't matter. The guy took kind of an obscure musical and like really not many people even know about it. And he went and took like one of our best younger actors that no one knew could sing and stuck him in this thing as Lynn's directorial debut. And I just think that he fucking crushed making a movie musical. It's like, it's so many people in my opinion have been kind of messing it up over the last couple of years and just kind of too, too many of them coming out and not enough of them being any good. And it's like, tick, tick, boom. People are connecting with it. People are watching it at home and falling in love with Andrew Garfield in a whole new way um and people are loving andrew garfield for a whole nother reason too not going to spoil that here but uh all i got all i know is that i think if andrew garfield wins best actor for tick tick boom i will not be surprised if he wins the the oscar i will not be surprised there he's got he's got he's got competition there's talk right now that he's he could upset cumberbatch and he could upset will smith (laughs) well no they said will smith is drops but 
Um, it's going to be one of those three guys that well, just Will, got me. Will is going to hit the campaign trail real hard right around nomination time. Yeah. He'll be, he had that. He'll be doing drop. podcasts. He'll be doing. Yeah. He had that book Ellen. drop on all of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you haven't really heard much in the last couple of weeks. So a little oversaturation of Big Willie style. Yeah. 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 And then all of a sudden the nomination comes out. It'll be right back out there which we need some will smith charm but anyway yeah and i i know we're not talking about king richard right now and sadly i'm not gonna it's not on my list not i'm just gonna spoil either. that but i did love the shit out of king richard and i'm yeah. i'm not gonna be surprised when it's nominated for a bunch of things at the oscars but regardless you're a garfield guy i'm a garfield guy i'm totally 100 percent down for if he wins but more to the point i just want to really drive home that like lin-manuel miranda is a psycho for for doing all the things that he does and one of which is saying you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna direct a movie i haven't really directed anything on even like on stage that's not really something that he does is directing Mm. and uh i just think that he filled the shoes with grace and an effortless like beauty that i i'm like please go ahead and make more movies you're 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 totally good at this uh and I, I think that they just really kind of unlocked something with a movie musical, because if you were to see Tick, Tick, Boom on stage, it would be a band and three people just like, and those three people play all the characters. And so they really kind of flesh this out into making more sense as a film. And uh, I just can't get over how smart and well executed it was. And I, I keep, throwing it on every once in a while on netflix just to watch a little bit of it and uh i don't think i'm alone i think other people do that too (laughs) i got uh i got to the house party to after the house party and then you were over it Uh, i think uh, i might have fallen asleep or something i just that's okay yeah i didn't i didn't finish but i got to where the jock kind of offensive weird dude oh yeah kind Uh of is like this is amazing. You guys do this all the time. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, get a load of this guy. And then that's, yeah. I was like, okay, I got to go eat a burrito or something. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't make it very far then. Damn it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like maybe the first 20 minutes, but, <laughs> but I well, will just say that if you, if it ever winds up on again, you, you might, you might get, and also for no other reason of the, the musicals are a tough sell for me. And if I'm not I feeling know. the story right out there, if, motherfuckers aren't getting their throat slit or well because also it's like the thing that i think it does so well is it deals with like the artist who is very much uh like has big big dreams right and it's it's about failure and perseverance and it's like that's that's the the thing that's nice about the story is like you know right out the gate that like this guy made rent which Mm -hmm restructured musical theater forever uh so you already know that like he made that and then died like we 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 tell you that at the front and so then watching this this person that we know inevitably is going to reach the the heights that they think they're capable of watching how they fail is actually very inspiring and i think it's it's like it's not really the way that we like to watch our heroes on screen like let me just watch you fail and see you get over that as opposed mm-hmm. to like, let me see you achieve the thing. And I right. don't know. I just, so yeah, I've been high on it since it came out and I'm, I'm still high on it. Tick, tick, well, boom. As you know, I forced myself to watch every 
thing that gets a nomination from the shorts to the costumes to the acting to everything if it gets an oscar nom i'm watching it i'm watching it just to be a completist weirdo yeah whatever uh so i have a feeling i am going to have to finish tick tick boom at some point and i'm glad it's so high on your list makes it seem like it won't be such a chore there i appreciate it i appreciate you go for Uh, it my number four uh i don't know if you've seen this one but it uh another slow burn that uh is the highest ranking horror movie on my list okay and uh that would be lamb oh yeah (laughs) Vladimir johansson uh a24 movie yeah yeah about um a couple who is a uh sheep farm live out in the middle of nowhere basically uh numi rapas and uh, i'm not sure how to pronounce my guy's name but that's uh, okay (laughs) anyway the two of them um have we learn have miscarried or have had child die uh Mm -hmm. at least three times oh wow and so they are um doomed to not have children basically till one day uh their uh sheep one of their sheep one of the sheep gives birth use gives birth to um well what's her name what do they name her i think it's polly <laughs> uh, uh yeah uh it's a creature that can't be right uh but anyway <laughs> molly or something and it's what half uh, well it walks upright it's got arms and legs and sheep body and head hmm. uh but they half raise man it. half sheep half man half sheep basically and we don't know why but they are just gonna go ahead and run with it because this is the only baby they're gonna ever have wow but you know they just snatched it away from its mother right and mom is not happy and who knows who dad is and it's a, <laughs> It is Who a knows? wild, <laughs> it is a wild final act. I will yeah. say that. Um, and then of course there are other comings and goings. There's a brother that arrives that there might be a sexual past with her. Um, a lot of just kind of whispers and unanswered questions, and mostly weird side eyes about there's a fucking half person, half, half lamb, half here. lamb here. Uh, this is the weirdest baby i've ever seen are we going to talk and, about it <laughs> and you know the the sheep start acting in weird ways and it's very brooding there's just terror and dread and bad vibes hanging over this whole thing and a lot of people complain that the payoff was not worth the effort oh, okay i i wholly disagree uh, this thing's only 106 minutes. We're oh. not we're not hanging out forever, and I think the payoff is so worth it. <laughs> I was like, yes, in the theater. Like, oh, I was so into it. Cool. Um, uh, it my some of the whatever people that were just not feeling it maybe met with some eye rolls, but no, it fully worked on me. Uh, and I like me a brooding not necessarily gothic horror but 
in that vein cinematography is amazing just this just from the trailer you could get that of oh like, it Whoa, is this is going to be a good looking movie if you see it in as big a widescreen as you can high contrast turn the lights off this thing will you know do its trick it'll it'll work on you for sure and cool. uh, yeah loved lamb won't i can't really go into much much of, more of <laughs> yeah. i might have probably gone into it too much but that's okay i mean anyway. I, everything that you're saying i'm i'm i pretty much gleaned from the trailer so i don't yeah. think you're you're stepping on well stepping i'll on watch too much. tick tick boom if you watch lamb How oh i've i've been meaning to watch lamb so sign Great. me the fuck up awesome. <laughs> well what's your number three i have a feeling we might have the same number three no chance okay is what your number you is your number three about sand <laughs> No, no. Not. <laughs> there you go. Then yeah, dude. My number no. twelve is about sand. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, mine is definitely Dune, man. Okay. Because I was I was down for Dune. I was all about it, and I saw it in IMAX. I think two, two or three times. Like, wow. I, Holy I, well, shit. Well, because I knew I was like, look, it's. It's on HBO and it's in the theater. So like it was doing that thing that those movies have kind of all done, which is not made a whole lot of money. And <laughs> yeah, right. And because if you give me the option to watch it at home, like I might just take the option to watch it at home. But I had been looking forward to it. I read the book in preparation, having never read it before. Uh, big Denny Villeneuve fan over here. Like Arrival was my favorite movie of that year, I think. Blade Runner 2049 is a solid follow-up to one of the best sci-fi movies ever. So I was down with him being in charge. I'm okay with it just being part one. Give me part two whenever it's ready. I don't care. Seeing this movie in IMAX wound up being less about the size of the picture. And the IMAX viewing was more about the size of the audio experience. Because when I, when I saw it twice in the theater and then I threw it on at home, I was immediately deflated by like, oh, it's not rumbling people, in my people's seat. bones aren't rumbling like mine were. Mm -hmm. Therefore, there's just no chance that you're having the same experience that I had. Like that, because it's a black screen and it's just that like little moment of drum that happens. And it's like instantly I was just frozen into my seat like, oh, shit. <laughs> and yeah i mean one of the largest scoped movies i've ever seen in my life he knows how to do big scale things he can do big he could definitely do big and yeah, arrival of... was in my top five as well that yeah that year pretty oh, sure yeah. maybe number three or four now i think about it but yeah he's uh man he's just so talented yeah i think it'll you know it remains to be seen what the legacy of this cinematic dune will be it'll really kind of depend on how number two shakes out. Like if number two is just like one of the best sci-fi movies of all time, then like everyone's going to be down with part one of Dune being kind of expository a lot of the time. Well, you know that I have trouble with sci-fi and I was so stoked because I did the same thing and prepped for it by reading the book. Mm -hmm. so I was like, I, man, this is going to be tough for me to get into. <laughs> so I might as well know what, what the story is. Mm -hmm. And I, I read it part one and uh was like i don't i, I don't think i, I don't know do what, i don't know what happened <laughs> i can't do i can't do much more than this like i was like all right 
at least I kind of know the names of the characters going in and the planets and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God I did that because I would have been totally lost, I think, story-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I didn't quite make it. But as a spectacle, amazing. And was so stoked that it ended exactly where I ended in the book. It's like, Perfect. oh, sweet. If they're going to do part two next, I only have to read that. Excellent. And then I'll be good. Yeah, exactly. I'll be good, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's such a spectacle. Glad I saw it in the theater. Did the same thing, press play on it at home. Was 20 minutes in, was like, okay, he's made a good movie. I'm I should go see to... this in the theater, yeah. Well, not I should, but like, I would already plan to. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, unless this looks like, gar- like yeah. it's just garbage. Then I'll just watch it at home. Yeah. yeah. But it's 20 minutes in, I was like, okay, <clears throat> got to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. And it was good. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure it'll get nominated for a bunch of stuff. I doubt it'll win very much other than maybe some technical awards, but you know, Dune. Awesome. Yep. I'm I'm Dune talking about Dune, so hit it. <laughs> <laughs> My number 3 is Mike Mills, Come on, Come on. Which we saw together. Yes, sir. I, uh... With a really great Q&A. Oh yeah. Why did Q&A I just turn afterward. Australian? Q&A. Hey, Q&A. <laughs> Crikey. Uh, yeah, I'll let you talk about it. It's your your. Oh uh, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix doing his uncle for the first time doesn't know what he's doing kind of thing with a kid. Um, I thought it just incredibly touching. A lot of quasi Harry met Sally when Harry met Sally, uh, mm-hmm. like asking people questions, seemingly real people. I can't tell if those are all scripted. I bet they are. I don't think. I don't think they are. Well, from come on, those come on. Are, or from yeah. Harry Met Sally. Oh no! Uh, oh, in Harry Met Sally, they they they're like, like they're authentic. Yeah, yeah. authentic. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this one, I think those are probably scripted, and they're kid oh, actors. Because okay. you know, like a lot of those conversations come back up, and things that he says, and mm-hmm. like learns from. Unless he was rewriting the script to go along with mm-hmm. what these kids are answering. But nah, I don't know. Anyway, it felt pretty it natural. It doesn't matter. But, Hey, kids are fucking good actors. That kid's British, by the way. I know, right? For <laughs> so for those that didn't know, the kid in Come On, Come On is a British kid. <laughs> Woody Norman, who... Woody Norman. Gonna be a star, this kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, there's not really much to say about the plot, except for that he's trying to l- learn how to be a positive male role model to a young boy without, you know, while navigating all sorts of things he's he doesn't feel like he's cut out to be this kind of mentor mm-hmm. um while other people are telling him the opposite mm-hmm. uh and he makes mistakes and he yep. makes uh boneheaded mistakes who's the actress that plays his sister in that gabby hoffman dude she really should be getting some more chatter she's amazing for she's this am- movie she's always good but like she's particularly incredible in this one yeah I thought she really like both all three of them honestly are like I don't know why come on come on isn't getting a yeah, little bit more think, attention. I just think it didn't do uh enough business and uh I don't know if people actually again, popped it on and watched yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean like if you look at his track record like beginners and 20th century women didn't necessarily light up the box office either, but he, But they got nominated and stuff. Yeah, but he makes uh you know, he makes good movies and they're cheap. Yeah, he makes good, cheap movies. Yeah, and people that want to work with him will do it for Mm -hmm. not a ton of money, I guess. And the black and white cinematography was really 
it's really gorgeous. so crisp Man, just loved it makes new york look awesome yeah seriously go hang out in new york <laughs> uh but anyway yeah come on come on uh just feel good see this is where my other than lamb and those first two it's like uplifting <laughs> We're getting into and a nicer a nicer air nice up ter- here nice territory well i guess motherhood's nice so yeah well, well i'll i'll go ahead and rain all all on do that. it number two what's your number two well my number two uh happened to be how, how do i want to intro this one of the, one of the uh like i was very eager to see this movie because i had seen this filmmaker's previous film mm-hmm. and it absolutely knocked my teeth out <laughs> which is julia Ducournau's Tatane. Wow, number two. Number two, it. baby. It it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes Film Festival. If you have never seen Raw, I, I believe it is on Netflix, and it's about a girl who uh, um, starts to crave human flesh. And that film is so gnarly. You should check it out. But, Great movie. That was in my top ten of that dude, year. That was just epic on so, so many great. levels but okay so to tain i uh, i i got a, i think part of the experience was uh heightened for me because i did get to see her do a, a q a after the film which just really was kind of cool mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh you know going going into a movie not knowing really what you're in store for is always a, a thrilling feeling and when the payoff is something as batshit as what I witness entertain. Like I still think about that movie probably once a day. Like in some little way, that movie, I'm reminded of it in yeah. some some facet. And like without giving away too much, like it's about a woman uh who she likes cars. <laughs> and violence <laughs> and violence she's really good at both like yeah. at liking cars and at uh violence yeah and but it's not like an action movie nor is it a horror film uh i would it's, argue it's a horror film you, you think so i mean it's about a serial killer you could say that i would say it's about a a, a father-daughter relationship when you're not blood <laughs> okay i mean there's a lot of readings about it being you know very uh a movie about trans gender uh, is yeah and there in general i mean there's some pretty like surface uh uh, i would not make that argument no i wouldn't either but like you're it's clear while watching it that like oh we're definitely playing with gender norms and uh like identity and like masculinity femininity and like putting both of those things in places where you're not used to seeing them Mm uh like and being displayed by people who perhaps wouldn't be displaying them so there's a lot of kind of like new energy around it because of that and Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean just like the music the visuals the the like i bring up raw earlier because like it has a couple of pretty intense like body horror moments and so the fuck does this oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah this is definitely more cringy than raw was for me like raw i thought was like i wish i saw raw in the theater because i had had there were definitely some squirmy people but oh dude i was squirming at home 
Oh yeah, yeah. I had I was having fun too, but I mean like I definitely actually physically put my hands over my eyes at one part and yeah, but and it was the hair, all... believe it or not. It was oh, well, the that's... hair part. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I mean that was more just like I I want to feel like you put your hands over your eyes but you're smiling. Yes. And this Oh yeah, no, you're not like I'm oh feeling god. like like oh god, I can't watch her <laughs> do that with you know, she mm-hmm. She's putting stuff in her mouth because she's biting down for a real oh boy. Yep. This is go- okay. Do we really need to go on this long? Yeah, we're yep. doing it. Okay. And that that car is just like really badass too. The, that car the one with badass. the fire on it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just I think that everyone should give uh, Julia Duker now a chance if you've if you've never watched oh, yeah. her films. Uh, and I I just can't shut up about Tatane. I want everyone to see it. Yeah, that's my that's in my top twenty. It's a, it's ahead of Power of the Dog. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> my number two is also foreign film, uh, and that is the worst person in the world. Right on, man. Which I have watched twice this week. Shit. Um. Yeah. First time I saw it, I was pretty blown away, and was like, okay. I think this might have just bullied its way into my top five and then had to rewatch it the next morning to make sure that all the things I was feeling were about. And I'll be damned, man. This is one of those movies where uh, halfway through, you're like, I think some I'm in the Truman show. Someone Mm. is someone has been spying on my life. (laughs) <laughs> and has written about people i know oh no they've written about me too it's like actually i'm in I, this movie <laughs> i'm in this movie and i'm not just that character i'm all of these characters like they are representing all of my best and worst tendencies wow. like whoever wrote this has been spying on my life and then i go to like the letterbox reviews and, and that's what everyone says every review is like what the fuck man like i'm like oh, oh <laughs> there's so someone... more there's more of us i was like no i think just someone has written like the most authentic portrayal of gin xyz mm-hmm. millennial whatever that this grouping of like people can relate to someone or if not everybody in this movie mm. and there are big real world decisions made and none of them are done flippantly even though they kind of are, it's like a grown up realistic amelie huh to where you're like this is kind of i'm i'm enjoying my time with everyone that's on screen mm-hmm. even though i don't necessarily agree with what everyone's doing i'm 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 i got your back yeah, like I got. I got everyone. I'm not going to judge you. I love I, you. <laughs> they make it so you you. There are no sides to take. You're like I totally see their both their perspectives yeah. on this because they're both me, uh. and and you're basically watching people argue with yourself. It's wow. wild. It's wild. It's it's really it's hard to explain, but it is kind of a magic trick, where half and then the rest of the time, you, you're you're almost self analyzing yourself while watching well, it not that doesn't make sense you're self-analyzing while watching mm. based on what the character's decisions and you're like 
I would probably make that same decision. And boy, what a wrong decision. I should really huh. rethink my life. I need to call my family. You know, damn. Like, all right. Yeah, it's one of those. Because I, I, I've definitely been looking forward to it. I mean, I, 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 am I mistaken? Did I see that it's already getting the Criterion treatment? Oh God, I hope so. I think Amazing. it is. I think it is. I think like Criterion's yeah. putting it out early sometime this year. Well, they're they are going to be the release market for it. That's great. Uh, it's fantastic all the like chat and like if it wasn't drive my car it's that as like the foreign film you know i think because drive my car has been out for a Mm -hmm. month or so now that people have seen it and people a lot of people haven't seen this yet because it it comes out wide in america in america february February. 4th Yeah, yeah so very soon so i think when more people see this they're gonna should i wait should i see it in the theater no I we watch it. watch it and get people hyped to see it. In the cool. There you go. <laughs> and then we should go back. I'll go and see it opening weekend with the crowd and watch people. Uh, man, <laughs> just watch them. <laughs> there's well, there's just there's a scene in it. I'll just where watch them. There's just a scene that you're you're going to cry. Uh huh. And it's not it's sad, but it's also not like uh, manipulative. Great. It's like, wow. That's real. Fucking A. I hope it gets a screenplay love. It should. It absolutely deserves and it. And she she's quite good in it too, right? She's incredible. I don't mm. I don't know if there's enough of a push for her to get not again. I don't think enough people have seen it. Right. But maybe with screeners coming out and uh you know what it comes out in two weeks. Yeah. So hopefully more people see it. It's amazing. The worst person in the world. Wow. Well. Does that mean we finally just were at our number ones of the year? Um, I should do mine first because I already know what yours is going to be. And you've already talked about my number one, which is Licorice Pizza. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's your number one movie of the year. Love it. I'm so happy to hear. I was one of those people that saw it back to back at uh, the Fox Theater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the Village. And uh, yeah, it's incredible. I love it. I, I don't know if I was as big of a pta like stan as a lot of people are Mm -hmm. uh i love all of his movies like Mm -hmm. i take a step back i'm like i guess i am because there's he literally has not made a bad movie or a movie that i didn't put in my top whatever of that year Mm -hmm. he's across the board he's done that but i don't know if i get like all pumped up for one of his releases like not like a quentin not a Quentin or a Coen Brothers or right. uh, whatever. Be, ugh, boy, Tragedy of Macbeth, rough. Mm. Uh, I didn't even it, finish it, dude. Yeah, well, I I didn't even finish it. A lot of people fell asleep. Uh, you know. Anyway, anyway, uh, I I just don't know why it. Maybe maybe I'm not selling it right because I do get excited and I'm stoked when he comes out with a movie, uh, but not in that same like banging down the doors kind of way mm-hmm. the, their opening weekend and licorice pizza is finally like yeah we're going to spend two hours with these people pretty inconsequent it's going to be fun mm-hmm. there's going to be surprises it's going to be wholly likable All tom, your- tom waits is in it tom waits is in it <laughs> sean penn's riding a motorcycle this what's not great. to like <laughs> yeah and you were right about alana heim is uh i'm I mean, I don't know. She has not- an allure to her. Like there, there's something she's authentic, authentic feel- in a, in a, in a, yeah, I don't have the right words to, to say it, she's but right. I mean- she's magnetic. 
and she's my the girl one. next door that like she's the babysitter that you have a crush on like she just yeah she i don't know how you fully don't fall perfectly in love with her. embodied that energy and it's yeah. probably because she's just kind of like that uh my scene life. of the year my number one of the year is the silent phone call between the two of them oh where man. he's looking at his brother mm-hmm. and and they're mm-hmm. like simpatico like holy shit this is an epic moment yeah uh and it is an epic moment i know it's a great little about... showdown of kind of like whoever talks first loses yeah and it's and they're both into it yeah I mean, everyone's talking about the waterbed scene but yeah. which is amazing but uh do you yeah, want to that... comment in any way like i people have seemingly kind of drawn a line in the sand if like they think this relationship in this movie is totally inappropriate shouldn't be glorified and i'm over here like i think you're being a bitch yeah (laughs) who who hasn't and doesn't this take place over like two years or something or like not two years but it takes place over a period of time well because he goes through like three businesses and like doing all this you know like there's a there is a passage of time Mm -hmm. um but it's not like they're it's not lolita it seems pretty innocent and yeah. she questions it like it is the whole addressed. film it is addressed like fucking this i don't know why this kid and he's mm-hmm. also they make a big deal to point out that he's very mature and big for his age and blah blah like he's sitting with he's mm-hmm. going to a casting call for 15 year old boys because he's 16 or 17 mm-hmm. and he's twice their size Cle- clearly like, the oldest one in the room yeah yeah and even the casting agents are like jesus christ like what are you even doing here you're not gonna get this right so i don't i don't think they make it weird and i don't think i think they actually make it understandable if anything he's i agree as I, like i agree with you hey if you spend this much time with this with somebody you're gonna attract you're human beings you're gonna develop feelings mm-hmm. and she's not predatory in fact she's running from it yeah to the point where it's like fuck it words this is just happening yeah and you're 17 now or whatever mm-hmm. we almost died from bradley cooper <laughs> right we, that that scene is one of the best scenes of the year too man the whole truck down the hill or when he gets arrested oh yeah on the water like and she runs to the police station and the <laughs> yeah it's wonderful wonderful i love yeah. it so that's number one licorice pizza and now feel take it away with your number of one which i know for a fact oh yeah oh yeah Go you ahead. know you know exactly what's about to happen oh boy you want to sing it uh <laughs> sure man <laughs> uh yeah dude it's steven spielberg's west side story and it's like not even that big a deal i'm just gonna just go (laughs) ahead and say that my number one movie of the year is a remake that i was so unenthused about leading up to it i was like borderline offended that it was even a thing that was happening i just i couldn't i was over here like wow steven spielberg who the fuck do you think you are like it felt to me like if if martin scorsese was like i'm remaking blazing saddles where it's just like why on earth would you do that like and why would anyone want to do that like or see that yeah it's like you shouldn't be making it you're the wrong person to do it and when it comes out i'm not going to give a fuck and all you're making me do is want to watch the old one and uh so i'm sitting down in the movie theater opening day I'm watching Steven's movie 
And I just like instantly burst into tears because I was like, I was so wrong. <laughs> like, I was so wrong. I, a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, I would, I, you know, I'm probably on a little bit of an island. There are people that live on this island, but I'm over here like Steven Spielberg could get best director and it would be totally fine. West Side Story will not, but could win best picture and I would be totally fine. Has he only won once? Uh, no, twice for Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List. Okay. So he, he won Best Director both of those times. So he hasn't won in 23 years? Yeah. And I would argue that this is his best movie since Saving Private Ryan. And also, because also, like, I just can't believe that this guy has made as many movies as he has. And, like, almost similar to who are we talking about earlier that was Ma Wes Anderson, maybe? No. We're talking about somebody else that was, like, make so many damn movies nicholas cage <laughs> where, oh, it's, yeah. where it's like they they can't possibly all be great but it's like this guy has some of the best movies of like all the genres you know like mm -hmm. a, like stanley kubrick did that but he never but stanley kubrick never did a musical and so i i don't know man similar to what i was saying with lin-manuel making tick tick boom like just such a kind of revolutionary way to make a a uh, movie musical and how like it it seemingly just does the right amount of small things in a row to make one big beautiful thing whereas mm. steven somehow like i went back and watched the original that did win 10 fucking academy awards <laughs> and is like highly regarded as one of the very best american films of all time and this new one is better in almost every way to me uh, I like it better than the original as well. Yeah. I just feel like, and, and it's everything you said is correct. I was I, just so surprised. And like when I had, so, when I had my talk arms about lower fully folded in front of me. So, <laughs> like, so you were, you were Shang-Chiing it. Yes. Yes. This is my Shang-Chi tip for you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where just like, I'm, I was almost like apologetic halfway through the film, like just to the universe. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I doubted you, yeah. Steven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it just really fucking worked on me, man. I nice. saw it, I saw it twice in 24 hours. Nice. I went yeah. immediately back the next day and saw it again by myself and, and just ate it up. You all pulled over a again. licorice pizza. Exactly. I, yeah. So I, look at that. <laughs> I uh I feel like it's um yeah, everything you said technically pretty incredible, uh better than the original. It's just Which, that in and of itself is a crazy thing to get to say. Like, right. imagine if somebody like fucking, oh, Ryan Johnson remade Casablanca. And then people are just like nonchalantly being like, yeah, I like it better than the original. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I, no, I, I, don't, get it. I don't think that we Maybe all musical have given it just... enough credit for like how unachievable that was. And he did it. Remaking and topping the an absolute classic. one of the one of the top three most well-known like i remember when it was coming out and i was like how do i know all like, these eight songs. songs from these and from this musical and i've seen the movie once probably mm -hmm. never seen the stage play i was like i know all these songs yeah and i don't know how they're just in the surround ether yeah and they get just kind of quoted and used in things and whatever yeah no but these, yeah i mean surprises like even with casting we're just the guy who played Riff, the guy who played Bernardo, 
Anita, Maria, fucking even Ansel Egort. I was like, dude, you're pretty good in this. <laughs> uh, did I disagree there? That's okay. And I just, and I just disagree with the two leads. Basically, uh, we we talked about this on yeah. the pod before. We did. Uh, but you know, it's it's a you did what you set out to do, Stephen. Well, good on you. Yep. Uh, it's just not even. I don't even think it's my highest rated musical this year. Uh, that would probably be in the heights. Yeah, probably. Uh, unless you count Luca. Love me some Luca. Luca's you got any uh, honorable mentions that didn't make your top 10? Uh, so, I mean, I would be an absolute psycho to not say that the greatest moment in a movie theater all year was seeing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. No Way Home was just like... I have it at crowd number, pleasing to the max. I have it at number 18, uh, just behind Petite Maman. Uh, oh, there you go. But uh, yeah. and it's solely on the theater experience. The movie itself, yes. per, probably pretty poorly written. I can't yeah. even remember. I was just enjoying myself too. It much. doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what that movie was about because all or I know any sense. It doesn't yep. matter. The, the, uh, it was packed to the gills when I saw it, and it was just like, like the home team won the Super Bowl, like fucking batshit cheering applause, people crying, oh, like nerdy Cheers. dudes in their forties, just absolutely 10 blubbering. To Fifteen of applause breaks. It was. It was oh yeah, awesome. I mean, like what an interactive theatrical experience. And then I got to give a quick shout out to uh, Candyman. Oh. Candyman was, I think, one of the only like straight up horror films that I saw in the theater this year. And uh, it similarly just was about more than I kind of thought it was going to be. And uh, I hate that I'm forgetting the dude's name, the main guy. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. I'm so sorry that I don't know how to say your name, my guy. Yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen, the second. The the second. I was like, the third? (laughs) I don't remember. Uh, He just... He's been in so many things lately as like a supporting character, and he really mm-hmm. held it down as the lead in that movie. Uh, and, isn't he in something coming out soon? Probably. Uh, he was oh, in the Matrix Resurrections, no, which I will honorably and, not mention. Is it him and Gyllenhaal in Ambulance? Am yes. I wrong about that? Yeah. No, you're right. All right. Sweet. Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I'm when Michael Bay does R-rated, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I already gave a shout out to King Richard, and then. I will just briefly, because I said I would, in the Heights, when I saw it in the theater, I cried so much because like I was happy to be back at the theater again. It was still like maybe the second or third thing I had seen in the theater. And I love In the Heights so much. I've seen it on Broadway, seen it on tour, know all the music by heart. I love that fucking show. And as I've sat with it, even just like a, you know, a week after, uh, and then I watched it again on HBO, I was just like, all of a sudden I was really mad at the movie and, mm. and like, I I've kind of grown to, I don't want to say hate it cause I don't hate it, but I've, I've grown to almost like be mad at my first reaction, which was like, it's the best thing ever. You told you, t- you were definitely very high on in the <laughs> very heights. much. So, and then like, after I was kind of like, wait, but they changed everything up about why it worked so well on stage. And, and like, yeah, the dancing was great. And yeah, Anthony Ramos held it down as the main guy. But like, at the end of the day, I was just like pissed and confused at like why you changed what I thought was like a pretty perfectly structured musical 
and like you tried to like over oversimplify it to make mm-hmm. it make sense for a movie and then i wasn't crazy about the casting of some of the other characters and so i just like i, I wound up just kind of really f- growing cold on that one yeah but, but the initial theatrical yeah. experience was i was a blubbering mess i was so happy to see it finally on screen but yeah so that's what about you hit me with some uh, honorables uh yeah i mean red rocket Oh hell yeah! Sean Baker, uh, I got to see that with the Q and A with him and Simon Rex, and Simon Rex is amazing. And mm-hmm. the girl who plays uh, Strawberry, uh, Susanna's son, is uh, gonna be a star. She's awesome. cool and a great Instagram follow. If you're in oh, that, right on. Um, Questlove's Summer of Soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, got to go see that in the theater. Really? Uh huh. They played it for like a week before the Hulu. Netflix draw or, oh, yeah. or Hulu or whatever mm-hmm. it was uh, originally on. I think to get this uh, award season kind of what qualification or mm-hmm. whatever. So right. went and saw that. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, it just, I think towards the end, obviously you want to document everyone that performed there, but I think I just got a little overloaded mm-hmm. towards like the last like 20 minutes or something when it got a lot of the gospel stuff in, I was just kind of like, mm. all right, let's see how this ends kind of thing or some of the lesser known I know that's shitty to say, but I whatever. Think I just was like, you know, it's a concert film, and yeah. I saw some amazing shit. But mm-hmm. it's it just was long. Totally. Uh, last night in Soho, I think I was pretty high on that, higher than you were. Um, I, I, it had things about it that I really loved, but I think it suffered from me kind of like similar. I don't think uh, the trailer. Yeah. The trailer made me think it was going to be something else, kind of like what happened with French Dispatch, where I was yeah. like. I thought I had a handle on what I was going to go see. And then it, when I was like, oh, it's this, I just was it's like, more like weird. Uh, what is it? Supernatural noir. Mm-hmm. And it was like straight up horror. Yeah. So I thought we were going to get like, you know, I thought we were like going to get like psycho kind of meets yeah. like it is Hitchcocky and there is some good totally. noir in there, but it's it exactly it. My expectations were off. Mm-hmm. And I think on a subsequent viewing, it's going to be. Mm-hmm. but much better and the last one uh is benedetta yeah. just paul verhoven's non-sploitation uh middle finger to religious hypocrisy and it is all excess done expertly he's Love on a that. run he's on a run right now still kind of doing his like sleazy not sleazy but kind of uh taboo subject matter but mm-hmm. smartly but you still are like all right this is expertly written expertly acted it's funny uh but it's also got hot nuns getting it on and really blasphemous uh you know religious iconography being used for sex toys and <laughs> you know it's it's pushing boundaries for sure but if you're into you know nuns committing violence and getting it on then this is the movie you've been waiting for <laughs> honestly it is it yeah. i didn't realize it was the first century the 17th century uh nun movie that i was missing in my life but it's like boy, black narcissus I... and showgirls had a really gnarly baby directed by the man who did showgirls yes there you go and uh <laughs> and robocop and basic instincts so if you like those three films you're ready and want to see nuns you know 
in doing some bad habits, if you will. Oh, I see what you did there. Thank you. Thank you. Well, on that. <laughs> we did it, JT. Like, we did it. We, did it. we I, This is great because, I mean, there's there's a lot of movies that are like getting a lot of love that didn't even make it on our list. Shout you out know, to Power of the Dog and Don't Look Up and <laughs> Belfast and Belfast and Macbeth and a bunch of stuff that, you know. We, yeah. we just liked other things, and that's okay, because they were our favorites, not the best. What's up? Right. Oh, one more shout-out that uh, is another one that I left off. It's it's not very high on my list, but I just want to give love to uh, Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Mar. Yo, Dude. I didn't even tell you. We finally watched it. Dude. Oh, did, since I told you yes. uh, that I had seen it? Yes. And? And you're absolutely right. It's Fucking I. I it should have been an honorable mention on my end. I forgot to even write it down. So funny. It's so funny. Un like I. I didn't know what it was gonna be, and uh, I still don't know what it is. No, I just I. I did not know that there was like a Doctor Evil esque element to that. Oh film. yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and weird song and and the yeah exactly the song the song, the song and the, the, the opens uh, the open the kid on the bike. Oh yeah! Oh, that was fucking hilarious. Oh, and they're just unapologetically damaged women. Yes, who are either—I don't even think they're naive to the fact that they're so damaged. They're more—they're uh, kind of like just accepting. That's the—that's the word. They're like, yeah. Well, sorry, I spanked your bottom last night during our three-way. Whenever <laughs> you're like, yes. what the fuck? And they're just like, oh, well, do do do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I couldn't applaud them more for that. And uh, I, I, it's another one where I think in ten years it'll be a classic uh, that like like, like Step Brothers or something or like, Super Troopers or something. Yeah, where, where it's, it's like, like not everyone saw it when it came out, but like have everyone quotes it and yeah, like it'll go through the roof on mm-hmm. Hulu streaming. Oh, they'll yeah. be like, you know what? Actually, people watch constantly for the last decade is Barb and Barb Star. and Star. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'll have a MacGruber run where there you go. There'll be a Barb and Star series in ten years. Mm-hmm. See where they are. Uh, uh, anyway, but that's it. Uh, I'm just gonna be really cheeky and say that uh, there is a movie in 2022. I'm really, really looking forward to. Oh, what might that be, brother? I'm really looking forward to that new Damien Chazelle movie. Man. Oh, what's it called, babe? Uh, babe uh, Babylon. Baby Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that one for you no reason in particular. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that it is number one on my list oh, for things to, see. things to see. Number one with a bullet. That's what's up. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm also uh, looking forward to... Uh, yeah, what else is on your radar? Tell me real quick. Martin Scorsese's new movie. Yes, the Killers in the... Flower Moon. Yep. Flower Moon. Uh, yeah. Sign me up for the next Wes Anderson, Asteroid City. I'm totally Is that in. supposed to drop in 2022? Yeah, dude. Damn, son. Tom Hanks, Margot Robbie. I guess he did have like a year and a half to make it waiting for mm-hmm. French Dispatch to come out. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't fucking say Avatar 2. You are remiss, sir. I'm not. You're rem- fucking missing me. I can't wait for Avatar 28, man. L- bring them all. Every single Disgu- Avatar. You know if James Cameron only makes Avatar movies for the rest of his life, I'll be fine. I'll be so happy. Well, God willing, we'll still be doing this podcast together and you can do a solo app. I'll be like, but- man, I can't believe the series is finally done. Avatar 41. Wow. I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> so good. I'll be happy to go into to avatar 2 to hate watch it like shan chi and be uh 
shocked. But <laughs> seeing as James Cameron has made three good movies. <laughs> Terminator period, 2, True Lies, and... and Terminator. Oh, okay. Okay. Anything with Arnold. He's made three on <laughs> he's made so yeah. We could this is a whole nother pod, but Titanic and Avatar Arnold are, are uh, pretty good. Anyway. Uh, the abyss is good. Uh, but uh regardless, uh the one, the one I'm looking for looking forward to is uh the killer. Oh yeah, David the Fincher. David Fincher film. Let's go. With uh is that Fastbender? Fastbender. Dude, Parent sign me called up. Fastbender guy who's just gives zero fucks about doing some dark shit. I mean, mm-hmm. have you seen Shame? Holy oh god. Oh my god. Dude, I was just thinking about Shame like the other day. I bet <laughs> you were, you sick bastard. I was in a gay bar getting <laughs> I was having a terrible night going, what am I doing here in my life? And I was like, oh, this is just like Shame. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh but that look, is such a gnarly. That's a great scene. Great movie. Uh the Batman the bat- uh, that, that comes out in like a month. Yeah. And March uh, something. The first trailer, not the newest one I saw, didn't have the same impact. But the first trailer for mm-hmm. the Batman, the, yeah, I was like, like holy shit. Uh, yeah. And it's by the, the guy who Planet of did the Apes those guy. Planet of the Apes movies. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once looks incredible. Swiss Army Man. Yeah. Well, I almost I, went, yeah. I almost went to a like pre screening of it and then I, I we were exposed to COVID, so I didn't get to go. Oh, well, but I would have already that. have seen that movie if I, you know, wasn't will, around uh, a bunch of degenerates. I'll give you a pass on that, I guess. And uh last but not least, Paddington three. Are you fucking kidding? That comes out in 2022. I believe so. That's my that's my new number one. That's the movie I'm most looking forward to. It's Paddington Three and then Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> are you in paddington three uh, my heart is <laughs> mine too buddy I'll, yes. I'll pack the marmalade sandwiches and oh yes i'll put them under my hat and we'll bring them yeah in. oh Sweet. yeah trench coats and oh man they won't let us in dressed like that no no we should we should wrap this up though this was right, a, this good. was a good this was a good one man i think we picked some good films for Hell 2021 yeah, it was a good year honestly there were some there were better things that came out than i thought we were gonna get so can't believe we didn't even talk about nightmare alley because it was a nightmare well i haven't watched it so that's a big reason it's not that terrible anyway i'll, I'll check it out eventually but yeah dude thank you for anyone that made it to the end of this nice yeah, to guys. see you hey daniel jackson <laughs> it's just my buddy i hope i hope you're there hi daniel i i miss you <laughs> all right buddy i'll talk to you later i'll talk to you later buddy this is awesome let's fare thee well let's let's get out of here bye everybody